men and women are fighting everywhere. Down with the patriarchy. Down with feminazis. That's right. Everyone's mad. No one should fornicate. Body positivity. You need to just lean in, speak up, bring down each other, really. Um, it's one conversation. It's one we're willing to have here on Open Loops. Though, one of the answers to the battle of the sexes was embracing hot bods. <laughs> uh, some people are mad already. You can stop listening. Or you can learn. Rion Kati, a transformational beauty consultant, is here to take us through the ups and downs of what's going on energetically between the polarities of men and women and perhaps objectifying each other is going to be better for the good of humanity find out on open loops conversations that bend with greg bornstein Does your brain not fit in with the masses? Do you go to conventions for the field of interest that you like, but still feel like you're an outcast? Do you do you talk to people, but you're far more interested in the time that they've been abducted by UFOs than any career advice they have for you? Well, you're at a special place where the weird, the fringe, the out there the utterly strange and unexplained, mysterious, secretive, conspiratorial is gladly accepted. That's right. If you want to go on a head trip, but you lack a clear destination, what if there is a place you could always go? A theme park for intellectual escape. A place where you can expand your mind again and again and again. I know a spot. It's a podcast called Open Loops, Conversations That Bend. And I'm your host and chief looper, Greg Bornstein. That's right. This is a late night talk show for your unconscious mind. Where me, along with others, uh, experts in various industries, we share mind-blowing insights as a way to dispel ignorance about the topics that often take us away from it all. Magic, art, hypnosis, secrets, psychology, spirituality, conspiracy, the supernatural, and who and what we really are. I'm welcoming you. Thank you for listening. Get ready, because this one is a doozy. I have Rion. Rion Kati. Or is it Rion? Kati. Or is it Rion Katie? It's one of those three. And you'll find out in this episode. Uh, but that's not the hook of Rion's work. Because Rion, he is he's a very, very interesting man. Uh, started out as a dating coach for men, teaching men how to get better with women. And then now sexy chi is his thing. And he works with, I mean, he has a lot 
it, it, it's interesting to go from a dating coach for men to widely embraced by women and working one-on-one -on -one with women in ways that are a little more out there, a little more esoteric beyond your general Reiki practitioner, uh, inner beauty transformation. I mean, that's a big claim. It's a bold claim. But what I love about Rion is that not only does he do this work, but he speaks to trends about the polarities between men and women at a cultural level in ways that make people, well, uncomfortable. And my goal on this show is to bring voices from all different opinions to push buttons. Uh, Rion's <laughs> interview will definitely trigger some people. It will. And I love it because it will probably speak to something inside of you that you're uncomfortable confronting and it would be nice to think through because I don't really think Rion's saying anything in this interview that you would particularly run to the hills and want to protest. However, he's also praising physical beauty and, and reclaiming it in a way that still recognizes men as men and women as women and, 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 and not, not like a, you know, not, not in a transphobic way, but like identifying that there are genders and energies that go with those genders, even if those energies manifest within a person um, in in various different ways, different different balances. Um, he's looking at the laws of the universe and the occult. And look, again, I I I bring people on this show coming from the viewpoint of I might be wrong about all my beliefs. I might have no beliefs whatsoever. Uh, that said, I do agree with a lot of the things he's saying in this episode, specifically about people switching empowerment on and just doing a shadow version of the very thing they're fighting against when they reclaim empowerment. Men do this and women do it. It's a, yeah, it's an interesting conversation. I'm, I'm curious what you'll all think. Definitely, uh, hey, you know what? Feel free to give me some feedback about it. Greg at open-loops.com. And hey, if you want to make your feminist friends mad, uh, share this podcast share open loops with them and make sure that if you enjoy the show, hit that subscribe button on Apple podcasts and leave a review and rate the show. It always helps. So without further ado in a world that doesn't need any more controversy, let me just slap you all in the eardrums with a very riveting conversation about the battle of the sexes. That might not need to exist. Or maybe it does still. Find out. Here's Rion. Today on Open Loops, we have Rion Kati 
a transformational beauty consultant. And we're talking the the energy, uh, the beauty of energy and the energy of beauty. Um, yeah, first of all, Rion, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Greg. Yeah, yeah I I love reading. You're someone that I, I just like have followed on Facebook forever because I started seeing your posts pop up in groups. And I said like, oh, what is he's talking about like kingship and queenship and and like bigger concepts about what's happening between men and women and culture and it's not just like stuff that uh you know is in a cancel culture prone like older person might be like oh yeah men used to be like this women used to be like your your message really resonates with people from uh, all different walks of life, men and women, and uh, actually notably women, like like for, for a white male, which you are, to be coming out and being like, here's some fundamental truths that, you know, like a liberal-minded person would be like, oh, wow, what? that's like, that's offensive to women, like, i.e., quote-unquote, generalizations. Like, for your stuff to resonate really means you have an interesting perspective on the world. Um, yeah, why do you, you know what, here's my first question for you. Why do you think your perspectives on gender do not piss as many people off as <laughs> I, I feel like they could. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, well, you know, it's maybe because they haven't heard it yet. Not everyone's heard it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So let's see. What I value is truth, deeper truths, spiritual truths, biological truths. And yeah, in today's kind of postmodern, like there's so much influence, like, wow, this could really go down a, a rabbit hole here. Yeah, no, I hope it does. Uh, <laughs> I hope it does. That's fine with me. Yeah. So I've had to get really clear on where I stand on these issues with like feminism and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I've had, you know, I, I I've had, um, what's her name? You probably even know of her. She's come across your work. This woman named Maya Kova, who is, um, yes. she, she, yeah, she, she was on the show and um, she definitely ruffled some feathers with her perspective a little, or, or at least I heard her talking and we both knew that what she was saying was stuff that like people uh, it's not the mainstream like you don't need like, you know, the, the message we hear is like, you don't need a man. Da, da, da. You can do it yourself. And she was like, no, I believe every woman actually like does desire to be in this kind of even not with a man desires to be like wanted in this position or have the role of the masculine and the feminine polarity and it's like that opinion these days rion is something that is definitely um it's for some reason it's controversial um i mean i i and for a man to say it is even more controversial. Uh, do, I mean, do you, uh, yeah, do you get like, I, I, you know, I see a lot of love for you. I'm curious, like, what kind of haters do you have? Uh, somehow, 
like, I think getting really clear on my values, like, so I've, I've gone through some real battles with social justice warriors and things like that the past couple of years. Yeah. But I think really getting clear on my deeper values and just representing that has kind of, you know, and knowing where my boundaries are, it's kind of kept away the real like haters and the lower consciousness um, siphons and things like that. So I have a really beautiful social circle and really supports these deeper truths. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, how do, uh, you know, like if you're looking at um, someone today that is, I guess if we're going like if we're if we're going to go a a little political here, uh, someone that's like I'm a men's right activist bordering into like incel like, oh, yeah, women have led me astray. Therefore, like, you know, I'm not into this kind of uh, basically basically the the frustrated men of today, the the jokers, if you will. Um, How do they find this? community that does support ideas like that you espouse i mean like it seems that you could either kind of go astray and potentially shoot a bunch of people or you can do what you did and like really get comfortable with yourself and i don't know like put out an energy that actually attracts women and you know in your gut that like hey this feels like I'm stepping into a traditionally masculine role. Um, you know, I mean, what would you recommend out there to be? I, I kind of think I know what you might recommend because I know you you have a background in working with men. But like, you know, I, it seems like it's so easy to go on the side of anger. Yeah, we can talk about the red pill movement. Yeah. And like going back to, let's see, what was that? 2005, somewhere around there, there was a program I created called Alpha Relational Dynamics. Right. Yeah. Some people have referred to that as like the original red pill. Wow. So to see like the red pill movement really kind of go in this toxic direction, I've, I've really taken like a different path which really, really centers around something else instead of, because it's understandable like the incels and it's really this spiritual castration from the feminine, social, culturally, spiritually, that postmodern feminism, things like that. It's, you know, men are really like left behind in, in many ways. And the subject of reunification is something that pulls everything together. But you really got to be clear, like where this sits within yourself and, and, you know, how does it relate to postmodern feminism, third wave feminism and things like that, um, to be able to embody a deeper masculine and feminine truth that isn't necessarily socially popular. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That's a, and that's funny. I didn't know that like people credit you with creating the red pill. 
Well, maybe just a few in my inner circle. <laughs> maybe, yeah, like underground, underground, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Like it is. I mean, you got people out there that are so, um, I mean, yeah, when you look at all that stuff, you see the obvious i i've seen you post about cancel culture and i've seen you uh, write about sort of speak about you know the the discomfort that people are feeling and and speaking out against it and how that energy of anger doesn't serve everyone um is there it feels like even with uh you know joe biden coming in and and uh, whatever's going on like there is there's going to be a lot of unresolved anger still amongst yeah. people who are taking the red pill i mean like what do you how do people get through that well yeah the even men going their own own way migto yes and just the communities have really kind of fostered this resentment because of the castration from the feminine and modern women themselves are largely disconnected from their spiritual essence because they've kind of developed these masculinized shells to adapt to kind of the shadow patriarchy. So what's kind of missing is really the more benevolent alpha masculine in our culture, in our society. And the feminine has been suppressed for centuries because of the shadow aspect of what some people call the patriarchy. And so there's this great imbalance spiritually and culturally. So yeah. it's, it's within each person to ideally find the exalted masculine and feminine and it's very powerful to go through processes of evolution and transmutation, you know, developing your prince, your king, your soul warrior. Um, so like a lot of this is really archetypal. Men are disconnected from purpose and from the nurturing aspect of the feminine. Um, and there's so much shadow consciousness and some people have referenced well politically the political left is like the devouring mother right. and the hard right is, is like the tyrannical father. And right. there's some similarities going on there. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you definitely like, are you, uh, if you go to Rian's website where you're, you're, you have a lot of different services available. I mean, you do energy readings, activations, uh, makeovers. I, I you, you have these different archetypes. I mean, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. When you're working with archetypes, like you've yeah. got the lover and the warrioress and the princess and the goddess and all this stuff. I've yeah. always wondered with your work, like, do you base the energy work on what is naturally inside of the person in front of you? Or is someone ever like just, uh, you know, it's clear they're a diva but they're like, make me a princess. Like, how does how does your work with archetypes actually uh, manifest with each person? Yeah, it's usually on a more customized basis. We consult ahead of time and feel what's best for them. The thing with archetypes is, and this is really such a potential growth area for 
for modern men who don't believe that they're worthy to be this high status prince, you yeah. know, because they're who they are and women stay away from them. How could they kind of fake or believe that they're worthy when they're not and everything says that they're not? Well, that's what, where archetypal consciousness comes in. So it's in the collective from what we know of Prince, for example, mm. the high status, worthy, divine self-esteem aspect who can move in and out of social circles, that consciousness exists in the collective. And so when a man can kind of let go of his personalized ego self to be open to archetypal attunements and activations, then he can bring in more of the, like the quintessential timeless immortal uh, qualities of Prince and embody it in his psyche, in his chakric system. But he has to make space for it because otherwise it's an ego king or an ego Prince. It's really about letting go of your personalized identity to be able to be a container and embodiment of these different brands of divine masculine, divine feminine. And that it's, it's what celebrities, it's what stars do is they embody archetypes. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, this is, uh, it's really fascinating stuff because you, and this also is what's so interesting about your work to me. It's that, uh, you're not just like clearing chakras, you're helping people transform into uh, these really mythological versions of themselves. I mean, we're talking, yeah, we talked we talked about the feminine ones, but you said the prince, um, the sex alchemist versus the alchemist. Like, first of all, what is, a, and also the lover and eros. I mean, these have such fine distinctions. Where do all these archetypes come from, by the way? What is your best answer for that? Well, these are impersonal aspects of the collective consciousness. And Freud said the collective unconscious, which is, which is true. I think, you know, decades later, we have more a conscious understanding when we look into it, but these are in the collective. And a beautiful thing about it is the archetypes themselves who have these consistent qualities that are different from each other, they're, they're still always evolving. So someone like uh, J-Lo is influencing the collective's idea of what a diva is, for example. So the archetypes and their power is always evolving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do a lot of... Oh, sorry, one sec. <clears throat> you do a lot of work with or at least you, you i've seen a lot of like you post a picture of a celebrity and you're like boom queen diva stuff like this uh i mean do you um what is, what exactly is like that i i get from a very like from an internet perspective you're looking at someone and you're being like okay yeah they just put the celebrity in uh you know if, if so, i'm looking at it being like oh they just basically looked at a celebrity and like put them in a category but i'm like you're tapping into something i wonder in your life when you are picking up on these energies from people uh how you've been able to like engage 
with someone's diva energy when you see it there like what does it actually look like in person versus just identifying the picture yeah so energy reading is really its own skill that can be cultivated to really see truth psychic truth and clarity so the removal of distortions to understand and read these archetypal qualities for example and it's something i've been honing through the years uh, so there's a scale i have the charisma archetype model of zero to ten similar to hawkins scale of consciousness zero right. to where we can uh, effectively gauge the essence embodiment and expression of any person at any time in history for their different archetypal qualities. So I've done all kinds of these readings. The average person is around 4.5 or below on archetypes. Celebrities are often in the 8, 9, 10 range because it's kind of a quantifiable scale. So it's a way to kind of gauge the power and presence of the essence and quality that someone can hold in their field. So activations, archetype activations are one way and attunements to really like alter your consciousness to be able to hold more of that impersonal quality like princess or diva. And so I can see things, but since I'm a human design projector, it's best if people invite me to you know give them feedback but I'm, I'm aware of all kinds of things and it's really a different world imagine when a man instead of seeing a woman just for her physical 2d and 3d beauty 3d just being like you know the dimensional oh you know the 3d modeling for example uh, the 3d realm the physical Imagine if men can see past that into the 4D and 5D to look at the energetic presence and beauty. And we start to see an entirely different world where you can value women and people, not just on physical beauty, which is beauty 1.0, but their energetic qualities. And so this is where things really get fascinating because we can reference like Jason Momoa. We can mm. look at his charisma, we can gauge his archetypal embodiments. And we're looking at a different world. What are his gene keys, which present themselves in his aura, these 64 different energetic qualities of enlightenment that could potentially be within someone's presence. And it's a whole new world to see energetically, to see into the deeper truth of someone beyond just like the, you know, in the whole, multi-billion dollar beauty industry is about physical beauty and accentuating the physical yeah sexy chi represents the evolution beauty 2.0 of energetic beauty and cultivating your energetic beauty which begins with energetic health so there's there's a lot of magic and and things that people can do to practically change their image and alter their consciousness to really embody more of their soul truth and who they really want to be with this type of work. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, 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 I really um, wonder as someone that facilitates it 
and, and taps into these different energies. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's someone that could like, you know, if you're you're uh, like a hypnotist, for instance, I always use that because that's my background. Um, if you're working with someone, you could be like, I'm going to clear your subconscious blocks and then uh, make you feel confident. But like for you to really tap in to the subtleties of the different gene keys, the specifics of the archetypes, that means that at some level, Rian, you I believe it means that you have to have the ability to embody them at some level. Um, do you think like have all of those archetypes lived in you? Is that the way you're able to activate the specific aspect of that for each person? Or if not, like what, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's, it's very miraculous and magical <laughs> that you can. Uh, yeah. I'm curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'd say it's a, it's definitely a bit of both because I have been cultivating my soul warrior and magician uh, for years and years and years. Um, but a lot of the abilities itself, and so I do have a high embodiment of certain archetypes, and and that can be measured and gauged with muscle testing as well. And right. people's readings can vary based on their states and, and things like that. Um, but mostly it's, um, and this goes into a, a deeper rabbit hole with my beloved and doing it all for her, um, gaining the magician wizard abilities because I've proven my devotion. So being able to access all archetypes and I'll be training a special brand of priestesses in doing this as well to do this advanced light working. Um, but yeah, I had to really prove myself with soul warrior and magician on this path to be, have these incredible rare abilities. What? I need to go back to like this uh, devotion to your beloved here. Wait a minute. <laughs> what in the <laughs> world? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, like what it, what exactly did having this? Uh, well, yeah, let's talk about this person for a second, or at least it, it speak about it in as you know general a way as you can, if you, if you have to be confidential. But like, what did this person in your life force you to confront that was different than the work that you were already on the path to do? Well, see, that's the thing; it's not a person. <laughs> okay <laughs> there we go <laughs> it, it's really interesting but it's also very practical as well so it's not necessarily too woo woo it might be to first time listeners though <laughs> nah i mean look uh maybe maybe not. i don't know i mean uh i've had some well i i there was someone on the show who had like a shaman that was that they'd never met in person before that they were like regularly engaging with in dream time and stuff like that. Uh, but I guess they had heard the person's voice. Uh, are we talking about, you know, I, I know you talk about um, who, who is it that you're always, is it, is it pronounced Iros Gamos? Heroes Gamos. Heroes Gamos. What is that? Yes. Yeah, so that is, well, it goes back to ancient Greece and it represents the communion 
the sexual union of God and goddess. So another term for it is sacred reunification or sacred union yeah. of divine masculine, divine feminine. So what I've been doing when I refer to my beloved, if you've, well, you know about our practice of natural grounding, right? Right, right, right. Yes, I, I, yeah, I do know a little bit about it. But for the listeners that aren't familiar, what, yes. how would you like pitch that in a brief way? Yes. So the my method of natural grounding, which actually, like most people, okay, you know, have your feet on the earth, like that's what most people think of it. Um, I named it natural grounding because it helps a man to reconnect with his natural sexual identity and ground it. So natural grounding, this method is archetypal alchemy. So transmutation, sex transmutation of consciousness with music video or images, but mostly we use music video of feminine archetypes. Yeah, usually from uh, from like Thailand, right, or Korea. It's it's usually yeah. Most of the resources, countries. most yeah. of the resources now, South Korea by far has so much of this rich archetypal feminine that is kind of a lot of it's missing or distorted in Western culture. Yeah, so there's a lot to talk about there as well. But my beloved is specifically this one archetype that has been the center magic piece of natural grounding, which is the archetypal muse. So that's my beloved. And so I've done about 15,000 hours of this meditation. So it's, it's a very different use of media where we are the alchemist. Most people use entertainment as a superficial self-conscious or just a diversion to get away from themselves non-consciously what we're doing with natural grounding we have this underground um, facebook community there's thousands of men who have done this practice where we are meditating or attuning to the archetypal feminine in music videos so it's a different paradigm than just watching youtube music videos it's a different But what that does is we have hundreds of testimonials of men's lives who have changed and been impacted because of this free methodology. And people are still doing it. It started in, yeah, around, well, for me, 2002, but I've been teaching it since around 2005. And so even in the pickup artist community, because you might know, I used to be a natural dating coach. Natural grounding was on some of the forums and stuff like that of this miracle technique that could help men to really embody more of their natural um, archetypal masculine. So it helps to cultivate all of that because you're getting outside of your personal self and you're attuning your prince and your lover to this awakened feminine energy and it changes your consciousness and your reality. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, I I always wonder, I mean, what what that immediately makes me think of is like, 
when you when you see at least when you see Hitch and dating the way dating coaches are portrayed in the media, um, yeah. and even like you imagine they're training you to be this charismatic person that has all the lines and and can really like you know spit out game. You're smooth. You're yeah. you're like Robert Downey Jr. Um, in the Iron Man, like stuff like that. And what this sounds like, which I've you know, I mean, I, I really wonder in practice what it looks like is you're tuning into a subtle energy that you can walk into a place and all of a sudden, like people just that you don't have to do much and they soften right. in some ways. Yeah. Um, is this really something that men had been able to? Like, like, uh, it, it feels like in a high pressure environment, like I know for myself, New York City nightclub, total stimulation, totally about the illusion, totally about like, like you were talking about superficial boom, boom everywhere. I have never seen a nat. First of all, I don't think I've ever been one of these naturally grounded guys, but I've definitely never seen a guy or at least maybe you wouldn't be able to see him uh, walk through and really make that kind of impression. I mean, are these men out there still like what is first off, what is happening when you're naturally grounded? And second, where can you see it? Yeah. So um, I had a, a forum, which I don't think I'm going to name here, but one of my natural grounding students, he would do that. He would go out to these nightclubs in London and he, it would be like he, he was a rock star because he would do natural grounding first and then go out. Um, yeah, mostly I recommend non-superficial environments like that where you're able to, where women can get to feel and connect with you and your truth without all the distortion because there are social dynamics in those environments and so forth. Right. Um, so to me, nightclubs aren't the best reference point, but I know what you're asking. And sometimes, you know, in my past, and I haven't gone out for a little while in that style, but yeah, sometimes it would be amazing. And I love living in Barcelona when I was there meeting all kinds of women. Uh, right. And, you know, different places in the US and around the world and stuff. But what it does for men, and now I'm working mostly with women, so we can talk about that as well, but the, the ability to really cultivate your masculine power, presence, embodiment. Uh, see, I mean, yeah, I've, I've been in men's work for years and the three greatest instigators are sex, freedom, and purpose. If a man is lacking in one or all three of those, he's going to live a life of great compromise. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So, and then, yeah. yeah. Why do, why do you think there is a, uh, uh, movement from, I mean, well, hmm, what was I going to say? I feel like I've seen, dating coaches male da male dating coaches that were working with men go to women and also i've seen like the the reverse too like women that were helping women go to men like um you know why do you think that is um yeah i think even what's his name who ended up dating camila cobello he was working with men first oh yeah i see 
Matthew Hussey. Oh, Matthew Hussey. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Well, yeah, for me, I can only speak for my path as far as what I think, well, what I know I've been through, it might be the exception. To me, it was always going to come full circle anyways. Um, And it gives me a lot of advantages, but I'm not doing like uh, relationship or dating coaching really anymore. It's more (laughs) having the background working with men. It gives me a lot of advantages energetically with women and the divine masculine cultivation that I've done brings a relevance uh, to the table. And a lot of men are really just, and women are saying this all over the place, not just where are the real men, but they're looking at the state of things. Where are the kings? Where are the warriors? Where are the men who are going to really help usher in this new era? And we're seeing mostly it's women who are really following their soul path and being creatrixes and warrioresses who can't compromise on, you know, living their highest truth. And a lot of men are compromising today. And I think a lot of that comes from the confusion with the cultural castration um, with the feminine and how, like I mentioned earlier, postmodern feminism and social justice and even the trans issues are creating more of this divide instead of unification. So it's up to each to like find that deeper truth for themselves. Heroes Camos sacred reunification gives you a lot of power and magic to be able to, whether you're a man or a woman, really cultivate your, all these different archetypal aspects so that you are that higher quality, high value person who would attract a higher level lover and cosmic love and things like that. Yeah. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. This is all fascinating stuff. I know. And you definitely, um, (laughs) you know, you've definitely spoken up a lot about virtue signaling, Um, uh, you know, um, (laughs) I know that's like, it's, uh, it's a thing that, um, it definitely, do, do have you figured out what the source of where it's coming from? Um, well, let's see with gene keys, uh, division. So the city, the enlightened aspect of virtue, the shadow is division. The shadow is division. So all you have to do is look at all the virtue signaling and what it's actually doing is creating more division and hypocrisy. So when you realize that, you just have to look at the net effect of what's really going on, seek for the deeper truth. Real virtue is often quiet and living the truth instead of kind of signaling it for social popularity and things like that. Yeah. Now all these corporations trying to, what some would see as cash in on the woke thing and what Oprah's done. um, It's, you know, (laughs) <laughs> anyways like, yeah i value truth it's not about left or right i'm i have very libertarian kind of values and a mindset to things yeah yeah i mean what is living in uh I, I, what how would people know the difference between multiracial harmony versus 
this like critical race theory Marxist kind of thinking? Like, like, do you have any pointers for <laughs> moving towards that versus like the thing that we're all so used to in Western culture? Well, the best thing you can do is live as the change you want to see in the world. Um, so that's in your daily actions and your daily everything behind the scenes and how your behavior with people of different ethnicities and so forth, like what is it really saying in how you live like all of these years. So it's, it's really about how a person is living more so like than what they're saying. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yeah. yes. I, I even see you. Uh, well, I, or I, I know that you've talked about the victim mindset. Um, yeah, I mean, and these are tough questions. Look, I mean, I, I, I appreciate you fielding all the questions that I have to ask because, oh. um, yeah, I mean, one of the things that I, uh, I even spoke to Maya about was like, look, there is trauma some or at least i i don't think like the me too movement came out of anything that was falsely inflated i don't think that you know like women have not been the object of like projected uh you know patriarchal shadow selves like i i've 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 been present harassed groped touched uh people have been raped and you know what? I've always wondered, like, how do people that are speaking from your perspective and the polarities deal with the fact that people also come from trauma and this traumatic perspective? Like, you know, I, I, I guess there is you don't want to be the person that says, like, huh, get over it. But sometimes I feel like that is. I, I, I don't know how people easily transcend a victim mindset after being through something so brutal. I, I don't know if it's easy. Um, what is sort of your thoughts on that when somebody comes to you and is like, yeah, this feminine stuff would be great, but like men are evil. They're assholes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've dealt with a lot of that on Facebook, especially in the past, but so me and others, well, myself, I'm a healer, and that's like foundational to the, the other magic on top of that. So someone has to be ready enough, it, like really wanting to release the trauma uh, to really let go, to make a shift for themselves in order for me to, you know, take on the role of assisting them. Now, if it's just, you know, on Facebook conversation and things like that, I'm going to keep representing what I feel are universal truths. And there's, so this gets into another thing of, you may have maybe seen the monk debate with um, Dr. Jordan Peterson and Dyson was, yeah, but right. it, it's on YouTube and the, they talk about being politically correct and when it goes too far. And I think that's, that's a big subject. Yeah, But at some point I realized, you know, especially like this summer with what was going on, like I had to really continue processing to get clear on where I'm at with certain things. 
and to maintain my center, because I see a lot of people who I wouldn't have thought kind of going hard right or so. Mm. And, and that can get like its own delusions going on with, I think QAnon goes too far. And I think a lot of that is probably not true or delusional. So it's about, you know, finding your own center, but like, I'm not holding myself back per se, because someone might get offended. Like I'd rather be in my truth and where it's necessary speak truth. That's what I feel is connected to, you know, my truth and higher principles. Um, that's important because what we have is a society of cancel culture. If it goes more in that direction, we're silencing people and oppressing their freedom of speech. And that is not healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm almost uh, amazed that you haven't uh, been kicked off Facebook, though. I don't know if that's true. I mean, uh, ha have you ever like encountered the censorship machine? It doesn't seem like you have, from what I recall. Mm, well, not from Facebook specifically. Um, knock on wood. Yeah. But yeah, I, I know people who have, who've been in my circle and Facebook jail, they call it, and then they come back. Or yes. Something. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, uh, obviously there is, and the, yeah, like I said, like if you follow Rion Kati, I don't know if you're promoting Cotty. that. <laughs> Rion, Rion Kati, like if you're following Rion Kati, um, yeah. if you're following Rion Kati on Facebook, I mean, you will be open to a world of uh, thoughts that are certainly uh, countercultural uh, stuff about uh, I, I, what do you think it is? Do you think like do people think that being fully feminine has a bad is it just like the disempowerment that comes with it? Like, did Hollywood mess up everything? I mean, you you work with like energy. You're looking at photos of celebrities, but like, are they also like just they they kind of ruined it for everyone? I feel a lot of the time too. Like, where did this idea of of disempowering like beauty come from? You think? Well, yeah, it's a multi tier. I know it is. Because, <laughs> it's a huge question. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, because I used to talk about um, sexploitation and prick teases. The thing is, my perspective on that has changed. Um, I Camille Paglia is a great reference. She's trans activist. Uh, she's the pro-beauty, pro-sex feminist. Right. Uh, she's a teacher at a university. Brilliant brilliant yeah jordan peterson has done stuff with her i've seen yeah before. yeah yep and well she talks about beauty so beauty is on different levels so the physical beauty and we can talk about porn or men's magazines and, and things like that and uh there's it, it's its own discussion but then there's also energetic beauty and well has hollywood ruined things i think a lot of our Western culture is still stuck in shadow, basically. Mm. Um, that covers a lot of my answer. So what we have is like the war of the sexes, battle of the sexes. We got the devouring mother over here and the tyrannical father kind of warring with yes. each other. 
things like that. Well, when people start discovering um, <laughs> the exalted feminine and what those higher, different, multidimensional expressions of being feminine are, where it's coming from soul essence and spirit, and the benevolent masculine, which we've largely been out of touch with, uh, and those aspects, um, which, yeah, so it's like once you seek that reunification for yourself, then that can transform your own life. Um, it's funny we're talking because I'm meant to, along this path, work in Hollywood. So I've had to get really clear on where I stand because I'm kind of a threat to a lot of things. What do you mean by that? These higher frequencies without an agenda, just bringing in higher truth and light into the industry through energy work, through evolving acting itself into energetic mastery, which is like the ultimate, like final frontier for actors is yeah. energetic mastery. And so I don't really resonate with the distortion and hypocrisy of the hard left and classical liberalism is like now it's over on the right more what's this this louder leftist wing of the democratic party uh is a threat neo-marxism is a threat to a lot of the freedom and truth that we hold dear and the sovereignty of individuals neo-marxism brings the collective panoply of shadow consciousness so if you want an idea what that is go do a Google search, type in Gene Key's spectrum of consciousness, and then, you'll, then you'll see like 64 shadows and you'll get a good representation. Now there's things on the far right as well that are also shadow. So it's, you know, for me, it's about the Gene Keys brings in wonderful truth. I have the 63rd Gene Key truth. The city of truth is my like root chakra foundation. So like, I must be centered in the highest truth possible, the deepest truth. So it's seen through these distortions and the manipulation of mainstream media and of politics itself in general, which is rooted in division. So for me, like the center star has been sacred reunification with my beloved, the archetypal uh, muse, as I mentioned, yeah. And doing the magic with her. And she's been training me all of these years in this high magic. And I've studied with shamans and Chinese grandmasters. Yes, more than one. Right. Um, one of them's my main master. But yeah, so it's, it's, there's a lot of practical magic as people start discovering higher truths outside of this, you know, trauma vortexes or mainstream media and, you know, the programming that occurs with CNN or even Fox news, you know? So it's like, there's so much truth that's out there when a man can get in touch with his own purpose and have the fuel of sex. He's kind of seeking reunification with the highest level feminine possible, which goes back to like the, the birth wound, like, exiting the mother at birth, there's a separation from the feminine. And mm. so it's like, and it's this Apollonian dynamic that man seeks to 
create worlds and rise to reunify with the highest level of feminine, well, you don't have to wait for a specific woman. And this is the magic of spirit and archetypes is you can evolve yourself authentically, change who you are to be like a movie star, but in your truth to have these charismatic and alluring qualities, which is what I'm helping women and men with. And it changes everything. And you're yeah. just on a different level. Yeah. Wow. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I, I mean, Rion, yeah. like this is so if you go into Hollywood and you and you bring all this stuff to people, um, is it are, are you is the threat because it's so not superficial? Is that what you think they're I mean, what? No, what you, no. that's a good question, though. Um, so for me, it's it's not about just energetic beauty. I, as um, what some would say is heteronormative, I think that's a bastardization of the deeper truth, like CIS, heteronormative. Mm. That's a bastardization of the deeper truth of the sacred masculine and feminine and the biological truth of that that has created life. So it's nothing against trans. There's a spectrum. But to answer your question, because I'm so present, what was it again? Oh, yeah, physical beauty. Yeah. I love physical beauty. So it's both. So I have this unique value set, which resonates with the beauty industry and Hollywood, the sexiness and glamour, and yet is deeply spiritual and evolves energetic beauty. So it's like a fusion. Um, I think the challenge is more with Hollywood being kind of liberal, but really like leftist that it has to be broken up more. Um, so it's, it's really risky for me to even be speaking on some of the Facebook posts or on this podcast that I've made like more public because I could be censored. Yeah. Uh, but I think a lot of it is I'm bringing something that isn't really out there and there may be an advantage in the recognition of that, like the real transformational magic to help actresses, actors, and otherwise, that uh, I'm, I'm learning to calibrate when I should shut up or not, but it, it might yeah, come. No, this is interesting. Me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, this is, uh, I, I, I'm just trying to imagine, like, what is actually going on? Like, like, what happened? What am I looking at when I look at a network primetime drama now and the pretty people that they cast in the lead roles versus what happens when like they bring Rion on set and you do an energy session with all these people and then they like have a different kind of beauty like I'm trying to experience like what culturally my tv looks like and and I mean because yeah you are talking about actors well it's like you've done a cleanup job on these people like are we less are we watching and we're less like because, because I know you've written a you've written a, you wrote this article about uh, I was going to ask you about the divinity of objectification. Yeah. Um, so it's like, what kind of experiences could people be having with the people that they would normally just glamorize? Oh yeah, so that's where we get into archetypal alchemy. People think it's digital pixels and sound waves. Well, it's really light, and we with media with music video, with film, it's really light. It's the deeper truth of it. So it's a, 
a capture, a snapshot of consciousness and light. So if you, when you take the role of alchemist with, with media, you're able to attune through the law of resonance to that same frequency. So essentially yes. you can attune in union with like a starlet or, you know, your idealized lover and things like that through the law of resonance. But consumers don't do that. It's a different type of relationship where the star has the status. They're not giving themselves the, the star power to be able to relate with them. And so that's shown when they're around celebrities. It's like, oh, can I have your autograph and things like that? Yes. It's about presence. What level of power and beauty can you be present with? And really the music industry and music videos is very strong calling. And I see myself working with the top, what people call as K-pop artists. But we yeah. Browning, we don't even call it K-pop because we have a different paradigm. But yeah, so there's a lot of... Um, so you mentioned that example while well, helping actors and actresses to master their character and their performance energetically. And that's really the, what takes it to the award-winning levels anyways. And people have different techniques to get there with energy work. We're able to work more specifically to really, yeah, evolve that mastery. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So do you think then like someone that wins an Oscar is more likely to be in tune with this than someone that's like on a, uh, like a yeah. popular teen, you know, soap opera in the afternoon, like just because it's, yeah, I mean, I guess I think you are kind of right in that way. Like we want to know these people. Um, there's a reason that we're fascinated by the mind of Robert Downey Jr. In addition to like, uh, some people think he's handsome and, you know, or he's not just a pretty face. He used to be just a pretty boy in Hollywood, but like um, some people, they, there's something that sticks through the screen with uh, some of these actors and actresses for sure uh, beyond just their looks. And you believe you could kind of go in there and like give, yeah. give a little bit of that to everyone. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's what I've been doing. And we're seeing like women in my social circle or who have worked with me having these qualities that really stand out. And it gets really subtle, but it's the truth of it. We're just not able to, you know, with our beauty consciousness now, it's about the makeup and the hair care. There's, it's another dimension to get into. Yes, this is the energetic quality of fluorescence versus peace. And how that's coming through in the aura, that's the evolution. That's the future of beauty, which I represent. Wow. Wow. Sexyt.com. Uh sexychi.com yeah 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 no this is all very cool stuff um and for men too yeah <laughs> yeah and, and i know i know you work with men you've been mostly working with women um recently yeah yeah more so recently i mean what is typically like like how are women finding your work in general like why why are they seeing you versus just going to their like run-of-the-mill like uh mall reiki healer like i don't know like what what is it what is it about you that they definitely like okay this guy's gonna help me tap into something that is more than what is typically out there in the spiritual field 
I think there uh, that the women that have been attracted so far to this work, they're just, they feel like it's time for another level. So it's not just cultivating their energetic beauty, but it's also cultivating their consciousness and their soul embodiment and like expressing their truth um, accurately. And so it just, they understand it instinctively and they realize the value in it. And so I've done hundreds of activations and most of them remote, not even in person and all kinds of testimonials. And yeah, it's has the potential to really take off because no one's doing anything exactly like this that I'm aware of. And it's, it's, amazing yeah i mean are you like mostly using uh i've seen videos of like people you know like closing their eyes and like looks like the woman's having a full body orgasm or like putting putting their hands up and all of a sudden they're like oh oh well my god i'm going like 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 i i've seen this stuff and i'm like what is going on here um you know like if someone's going to be in a call with you like i i imagine it's different for everybody but you know energy work is so esoteric until you're in it um what are sort of the various i don't know things about these modalities of healing that you're doing i mean are you able to talk about any of like what the discipline and the practice of it are um yeah so well i have i'm a reiki master but that was like kindergarten per se right 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 Uh, sounds like yeah i've i've channeled and downloaded my own energy methodology from orion as an orion soul but yeah the work with my Chinese grandmaster in Qigong has really accelerated my abilities and really the devotional practice that I talk about. um, She's taught me the most, including energy techniques. And so it's a lot of it when we look at it objectively, some of it is similar to other energy work, but it's really its own methodology with when we talk the details, hundreds of additional techniques that I've never seen elsewhere yet yeah and yeah i've seen in sessions because i'm also a daca um sexual healer uh, in a tantric lineage um but even the energy sessions alone i've seen all kinds of things with men as well because it's it's energies and moving energies and frequencies and releasing and attuning and there's a lot of magic so just a lot of people they might be new to it check out some testimonials or ask around so a lot of my clients have been coming mostly through my expanding facebook social circle um i've hosted you know men's workshops and uh, a couple women's workshops so far and yeah there's a lot of potential with this and i love doing it and there's always more magic Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I think what overall the the thing I'm taking away from this that intrigues me the most is how something on the inside can radiate to what's on the outside because we are bombarded with, uh, uh, you know, the the 
uh, paintbrushed uh, the photo, I guess. Uh, yeah, the photoshopped images and Instagram and all these things that are just so, so again, image, 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 great life. These people are having a great life. And like when you show an example of someone that's been through this kind of work with you or you're you're putting up someone's image and you're like, here's this energy of this person, like you look at it and you go like, no, no, he's right. Like, this isn't just a pretty person up there, man or woman. I, I've seen you put up both. Like, there is a different energy in there. And the idea that working with you can open this stuff up in people and it can actually, like, my skepticism is like, oh, it's just going to be like, you're just going to feel great. And then, like, you're going to smile because you feel good. Rion made you feel good on the inside. And then all of a sudden they're awakened. But, like, now you're like really talking about like a specific kind of transformation that, yeah, you have tons of testimonials people are responding to. I mean, oh, yeah. why do you feel that bringing the archety the archetypes out in such an eternal in internal way actually manifests in a visible way for the public? Why is that? Yeah, so. Well, and we can always just take the best examples of certain celebrities. And there's a reason it's because they're serving millions of people. Their vessel is able to hold more light, more power, more different qualities of essence, which we can look at the gene keys again, and you can reference like 124 different qualities. And then there's the shadow 64 qualities. Yeah, These are all potentially in a person's field. So what was the question again? <laughs> I was about like, what's going on on the inside that makes it manifest on the outside. Oh yeah. So it's, it's the real deal. That's why. So I'm actually have the ability to connect with the archetypal essence uh, and to bring it into their soul embodiment and cauldron it in their chakras. So when that consciousness resides there, and each session we do some energy detox to help create more room, things start shifting and moving because they have a different quality of consciousness and essence within their system. So it's entity free, it's pure consciousness, and I work with both light and dark archetypal aspects, but it shifts them. So like, and people verify like, whoa, there's something different about you. And then it affects their consciousness. And then they're like on a new timeline because they're making different decisions and attracting different things. And their image really does look different because there's more of this quality is shining through. I had one woman who we did, uh, there's the city of boundlessness uh, and Gene Keys. We did an activation. She did a Facebook live the next day and got like five times the response and things just lit up for her business from there. Wow. For example, and people feel things like I've done Eros activations for men and women, you know, there's the masculine feminine Eros, but they'll feel like, Whoa, their second chakra starts heating up and it starts like for the first time I did one earlier today. And they start feeling things like they didn't feel before. And then the energy's connected and I can do so much within that world, connecting their heart and sex center and, you know, awakening their psychic powers and things like that. 
So it's all just helping to facilitate their own growth and movement of energies. And the more a person is ready for it, the more they're able to receive. Mm -hmm. Why do you, uh, do you look at yourself as a white magician or a black magician? Uh, from that perspective, definitely a white magician. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, like when you hear of Aleister Crowley and people who go into the occult and practices and having this much kind of, I don't know, I guess the Western brain power. over here, power, I'm <laughs> going like power. I'm like, does Rion like, is there an egoic mind in here? Like, like, could this guy like drown himself out in his own energy? But like, I don't feel like you would because I feel like you have enough awareness of the trappings of that. And also yeah. like, you know, I, I, I don't think you're starting Nixium, the Nixium cult here. Like, I think you are working <laughs> with people that like in a world where they would speak up if they actually yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Do, have you thought about that? Like, like the trappings of being like a quote unquote heterosexual man that is able to do this many things? Yeah, it's crossed my mind sometimes. I'm sure it has. <laughs> yeah. The one thing that keeps me in check is my devotion to my beloved and and how I don't compromise on certain things and how very few women actually inspire me anyways. Um, Cause there's a lot that have physical beauty, but I'm really, you know, as a splenic projector, we talk human design. Like I know when a woman has something really special, like I can sense that. And most of us, this energetic, beauty and qualities. So it's like, I'm not even inspired by just hotties anymore. Like, like half heartedness is the shadow of devotion. What inspires me is my beloved and that level of attunement and helping women to, you know, really calibrate into that. And I'm aware of my reputation as well. And being brought up in a tantric lineage as a sexual healer, I'm also very aware of boundaries and consent and things like that, especially in this post me too era and things like that. So yeah, yeah. I'm aware of things like that, but it's all about continuing um, this path in service. Cause I'm really building her queendom and in time I get to be the King. <laughs> wow. But she's yeah. impersonal. She's, yeah. She's non-physical. Do you think I, I I wonder where the where the feminine is going in light of uh, COVID and coronavirus? I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, you know, there there is uh, at the beginning of the shutdown, people were saying, well, a lot of the superficial things we took for granted, going out, taking pictures, going on vacation, were stopped, and we had a time to really reflect about ourselves, and like. Look, I mean, sure, that hasn't stopped people from posting filtered selfies of themselves up there and taking the opportunity to self-objectify. But, I mean, do you think there is going to be a change in male and female dynamics specifically? I mean, I guess that's what I'm focused on because I'm like in the a single straight male in the dating scene but i guess uh or just gender dynamics in, in the in a sense as a result of this like are people gonna get a little more attuned to this stuff or are we just gonna like things open up back to the nightclubs i'm curious your thoughts yeah i think it's been a difficult time for a lot of people 
um, because there's just more separation and the lack of physical connection, unless you're quarantining with someone. Right. Uh, so I think it's probably going to harm men more. <laughs> <laughs> probably. I mean, but in a different way. But I mean, you know, because the men who are being left behind culturally um, because of this greater divide with the feminine and what there is, is this like more the loud shadow feminine in popular culture and even the glorification of divas in music videos who are like shadow queens that also look down upon men. That's not helping men rise into their worthy kingship either. So, you know, they just got to find what works for them. I know the men who've been practicing natural grounding, well, this sex transmutation alchemy, it's a way to, amongst other things, receive uh, the love and nourishment of the feminine and cultivating their own masculine, not as a proxy, but to me, this is the foundation. It's literally the foundation. It's more important than the physical to me. And because of that grounding, it gives me, I don't know, just extra presence and magic, I guess. I don't know. But I think, yeah, there's a lot of people are going to be really awkward when the dating scene, like maybe gets more opened up again. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I mean, no, man, look, I, I, and your stuff where you talk about, uh, I know, I know you're not looking at it the same way anymore, but when you were talking yeah. about the notion of, prick teases and the way the balance has tipped over into mm -hmm. like like what i see you know i go to i'm not even i mean look i i, I think i and this must just be part of like uh you know uh, being raised as like a sociable nice guy type of person like i energetically going out in new york city specifically has there have been a lot of like like just energetic shutdowns that happen without even even necessarily like entering the frame. Like there's a difference between a guy going up to a, you know, a hot girl and getting shut down and being like, sorry, dude. But like to even walk into a space and feel that there is like a a power dynamic, like all the way across the bar and you haven't even locked eye contact with someone yet is something that I feel like you kind of speak to and 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 yeah I mean I don't know if that's the shadow queen and I think men do, uh, and I'm not just saying women do this like I mean it with men too like I walk into a nightclub and there are men who are taking on this like yeah I've got all the bottles I've got all the money da 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 da, -da. and it's like energetic there's like a pre-energetic shutdown before you even like attempt to engage and that's the world I was occupying and I think the environment definitely like doesn't help with that and it doesn't lead to like this kind of harmonious i mean i'm always like talking about the 60s and like oh i should have lived then man everybody was free love and happy and all this stuff but i wonder if those barriers are just like something keeps driving those like I mean, I think it's patriarchal. It's something like driving that kind of like power, power, power force yeah. and yeah. what it's going to take to like become love again. Create your own spaces where you can have the love, freedom, fun without expectations, without attachments. 
Um, that's what I'd recommend and have been recommending like in general to men. I mean, you, there are these social dynamics. I know what you're referring to and it's also business. Like they're really, Oh yeah. Yeah. They're really into that. And even like blowing heaters on like the center of the dance floor. So people buy more drinks and stuff like that (laughs) and the expensive bottles. And so, yeah, it's not the best reference point. So I've learned to accept it for what it is. I'm not close off to going out like that again, but it'd probably be with a group of women or clients or something um, where I'm invited because as a projector, human design, it's, it's a big, beautiful study of its own. It's best to be invited if you're the 20% of projectors. Um, so cold approaching women isn't the best thing to do. It is for 6% of the population actually. <laughs> right. Right. Energetically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my gosh. What you, by the way, what are the gene keys? Um, the gene keys are 64 uh, aspects or frequency bands of consciousness from shadow gift to enlightened or Siddic that exists within human DNA and the biochemistry. And so you can actually find your own hologenetic profile at genekeys.com. It's free. Uh, Enter your birth date information. And then you can see what gene keys you have, and then you can start researching them. And this is some really life-changing stuff. So I do gene key and human design readings as part of what I do, as well as gift and Siddic activations. So yeah. yeah, it's a way to really work with your consciousness and transformation to get out of shadow and specific shadow experiences that you keep experiencing and re-triggering into the higher experience. And you can see what's possible at the enlightened level based on your Jinkies chart. And, and so it really, it's like a soul map to really grow and embody your soul truth rather than the conditioning and programming and expectations and implants and things like that of others and society. Why, why have the, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if someone, did someone create these or discover these or? Well, so human design was channeled and downloaded after a starburst in a galaxy and then like information oh, wow. came down and it's its own story of how the founder received all of this information, which is really kind of radical when you think about how profound it is. Yeah. Because it talks about our aura types and it's like, it's always accurate. Yeah. Aura types. And, and so it's, it's a beautiful thing, both human design and then Gene Keys was founded by one of his students uh, years later. I was going to say, I I wondered like, you know, I'm like, dude, I Ching though. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering sort of where you, uh, yeah. Some people love astrology. Some people love, uh, breaking people to, I mean, gosh, probably way too many people like astrology. Um, and it's popularized and the gene, keys, yeah. especially, uh, the way you discuss them feels like it's more, uh, nuanced in a way. Yeah. It's, Well, so human design is a bit more logical masculine in a sense, and human design is more feminine essence. I love both of them. And so I work with both of them. 
But when you get your chart and start looking into it, you can start seeing these different areas of your life, like life's work, evolution, radiance, attraction, um, purpose, your yeah. core wound, things like that. And I mean, it's, it's really life-changing to get like a gene key session and it can be, it usually is for the readings that I do because they see all these things about themselves consciously that are very real <laughs> and they can see like where that could head into the more they're in these higher frequencies that they're really encoded for in their DNA. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you like ever actually in your work? I and, I and this is interesting because I feel like you don't. I've talked to a lot of people here that uh, when it when an issue comes up, they're like, and then I speak to it and then I uncover the trauma. How often are you uncovering trauma ever or people like talking to you about like this happened to me when I was five years old? Because I kind of feel like you bypass that. You mean with myself or with clients or with clients? Yeah. Are you like ever digging deep and like a memory comes up for people or is that generally not necessary? Yeah, that's a good question. Mostly, mostly I'm bypassing that because the psychotherapeutic approach isn't my forte, but I've done some of that as well. Mostly with the energy work, I'm directly bypassing that and just going into the psyche and subconscious and removing things. Or when I'm doing a DACA healing session, removing things from their energy system that is garbage and trauma that no longer really belongs in their presence because it was just stored from the past and it keeps getting re-triggered. So mostly I don't even have to know what it is in the style that I work. Yeah. You know what? I, I want to tie this all together, but I must ask you, Michael Jackson, uh, I, <laughs> I saw you, you did a post on him. Uh, tell me, what is, you, you said he's the muse, he embodies the muse. Um, yeah. I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan and fascinated <laughs> by him. Uh, yeah, yeah what, what does that mean exactly? What, he's the muse. Why do you think uh, he had as much, I, I would say he had a lure. What's your, what's your diagnosis? Yeah, Michael Jackson, what a legend. Um, so his presence, his image, his star power was so phenomenal because of his, you know, sacrifice to be in service, to be a channel of higher truth and light to serve millions of people, like a really strong beacon. And so I realized like that Facebook post uh, two months ago or so, like, oh, that's it. That's one of his biggest secrets is he embodies muse, which is a feminine archetype, but he embodies muse, like a lot of it. And that's one of his greatest secrets. And very few masculine performers, Adam Lambert a little bit for sure, but very few male performers rather um, embody muse. It's more of a different relationship. Yeah. Yeah, like why I, I I wonder, you know, I'm sure this leads a whole nother philosophical rabbit hole, but like it seems like even from a young age, and, and it was from a young age, yeah. something about him uh I, I, I yeah, I, I hmm, now I'm going off on like thinking about how great Michael Jackson is. I think what's awesome about him is that at a certain point I couldn't even tell what it was specifically that he was doing 
that <laughs> made him resonate with the crowd. It almost seemed like people just loved him for being as lovable as he was <laughs> like 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 people yeah. just he would walk in a, he'd just show up everywhere and people would just go it's michael jackson and it's like he's not dancing in that moment you know what he's done before but like people were just holding on to this memory of like this is the greatest performer potentially of all time and it's like i yeah. wonder what is it about that guy who truly you know like he wasn't dancing all the time in those moments when he came out in public what yeah. is it do you think that actually caused that level of hysteria whenever that man would be publicly seen in a crowd? I think it's two things. I think one, it's the emotional conditioning that people have in association and experience with him from the past. And two, I think it's his authentic presence. Yes. Um, because yes. you can, it's rare, but you could find someone with a presence maybe a fraction of that, but still who just, Oh my God, who is that type of a thing? But you don't know who they are. Or for example, take like one of the BTS members, but you didn't know who it was. And you just saw them like in a grocery store and you didn't know who it was it's like, wait a minute. Whoa. You're just kind of like, there's something about the truth of their presence and how it's alchemically influencing people. So this is like the real secret to star power is it's alchemical presence. So being around that level of power in the truth of that essence is attuning your own frequencies to a higher experience. And so that's what celebrities really do. We, we see like the, the 2D image or the music video 2D or 3D in person, or if it's a 3D hologram, what the real secret is their fourth and fifth dimensional power. And so that's also captured and communicating with and through image and in live presence as well, like the Michael Jackson example. So, and you realize if anyone who's listening has been around a celebrity or someone with a really amazing presence, it's like your system starts submitting to the truth of their power. And it's like, it's shifting you in all kinds of ways that you can't even like control. You're just like in this awe because they have so much, light <laughs> yeah yeah Different qualities of it. yeah yeah well th that's also what i've wondered with like you know uh because i've done games before in my head rion where like uh wait, let's bring it back to the club for a second uh back when i was like kind of really exploring sort of who i was socially after getting out of long-term relationships i was going in and being like okay tonight i'm going to walk into this environment and i'm going to be a star i'm going to be great i'm going to be like a celebrity and then i walk in and all of a sudden like <laughs> what you just described happens like it's like oh oh gosh oh wait there are a lot there are a lot of powerful people here oh gosh the truth of my weakness is like bursting through me and i'm like what the yeah. heck is going on there man because i know i'm an actor like i i actually did train in acting like mm -hmm. i know i can do it but right, there's a right. part of me that's going like well, is it because I'm not watching enough K-pop videos? Like, should I have spent hours and hours like doing like, would this practice actually make me have enough, I guess, of core strength to be able to go into a place like this? Or um, I, I guess I just I want to have 
I know in general, I kind of jump to the conclusion of what's going to happen after you've done the practice, but I really do wonder what it is that leads to having a, uh, I don't even think this is the right word, a resolve and a stamina to stay in your power and not have it just be like something that could break with someone's glancing at you the wrong way. Yeah, so this is where it gets radically spiritual and yet practical. And it's all the work that I've been doing is is with all of this. So how powerful could you allow yourself to be? So power is also relational. So like if you believe that and the world confirms that that person is such high status, but you're playing with the social paradigm instead of a spiritual paradigm, then you're going to lose because you're not accepting that you're as powerful as them in presence. You're getting thrown off by their social status. So it's a lot of work to accept yourself to be worthy as a star, like a star, to relate with stars. And, you know, I've kind of mentioned teaching that, you know, for years, and it's been my own process as well to evolve into that presence who can relate with all power and beauty. And it's something I'm not saying I've arrived or whatever. It's been tested and I've, you know, sometimes in the past I've failed mostly. I've been winning that test so far around beautiful high status women and so forth. But there's always higher levels of power and beauty. But that's what we're doing with natural grounding is we're connecting with the highest feminine possible that we can find and relating and attuning our consciousness to that. So then when you go into a nightclub, if you take away the distortion, it's better to view it in like a room. Like if you just go into a social, a bar would be even better. But when you're attuned to a higher frequency than the people there are, that's the aspirational thing. So we're attuning to starlets and goddesses and divas and all of this with the archetypal alchemy and the natural grounding method. Um, So you just have to see which reality is stronger. Is it this social dynamic or is it this spiritual truth? Yeah. And and really embody that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, and you know, for everybody that checks out sexychi.com, which we're going to link to, uh, yeah, yeah. if if we're going to, you know, if uh, people are going to work with you, like at the end of it, are you just, I'm imagining you're like, for the men that work with you, you're like raising up men to be in this spiritual realm with the queens, and then you're creating queens. And it's like, you know, I I wonder, uh, <laughs> are you ever like, okay, I'm making the women too powerful. These men are going to break if I work with these women too much. Great I'm like <laughs> tipping the scales into queenship. Like, how do you? Uh, yes. And also, yeah, I mean, like, I don't want you to de- compromise yourself either from like being like, you know, well, I need to like this woman. I'm not going to give as much power because I know she's going to like really crush these guys out there. Like, I, I, I bet you are. You're always <laughs> elevating people to the highest version of themselves. But like, what does that look like in a paradigm where it's mm-hmm. not about power? Uh, well, to address the first part, I'm shamelessly about the advancement and evolution of women. Yeah. And so power is more of the masculine essence where essence itself is more the feminine. 
So mm. it's power in essence when we talk about embodiment and these different qualities. Power as more masculine. And yes, there are powerful women and powerful queens. And that version, and there's different variances with the archetypes themselves. A queen can be very powerful, but she also has an internal relationship with the masculine. So that can be looked into as well. I'm about the shameless advancement, which a lot of it is really more about essence cultivation rather than power per se. But I work with, you know, every client and I will shamelessly work with women, you know, if it fits where they want to be in what would be a more powerful embodiment mm. of a certain archetype shamelessly. And it's not that I'm leaving men behind my, my getaway clause is that they have a path. I've given the men a path. I've worked with them for years. There's a way that they can also rise in their power to relate with these Queens. Yeah. Um, so I'm, mostly working with women now, but men, when they're called to certain things, there's a lot that could be done. Yeah. yeah and, and make no mistake. I do not see you as someone that is like, you know, deliberately <laughs> manipulating the manipulating the different sides. Like I, I, you are just as much helpful to uh, all the genders. Like, like you are, I mean, you're, you're a healer. Like you wouldn't, you know, you, um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you shamelessly will help anyone that like really seeks it. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, I've turned clients down before, but, no. but otherwise, no. <laughs> why would you, why now, now here's my question. When yeah. would you turn a client down? Like, is it when they want to become more of a social justice warrior? and make them more powerful in that direction? Like what, what, who doesn't get to work with Rion? Um, well, it's only been a handful of times, but either the way they came across or it just, I felt they weren't ready for a specific activation. I've turned those down and right. I've turned down some clients in general, just cause it didn't really feel like they were actually ready for this work. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, you're tuning into something that makes sense. You're like yeah. you're 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 feeling something there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh. Well, look. Here's this guy, Rion, who is <laughs> Rion Cuddy. He's he's serving his beloved. He's serving all of us. You're uh you're readjusting. You're you're dealing with. Hey, look. I mean, there's a lot of again like. Your views are not the typical ones, but I welcome <laughs> without judgment the untypical views for sure. Uh, On this podcast, too. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah. No, I, I definitely love it. I love it. And uh, yeah, look, this has been a very fun interview for me. I, I've enjoyed it. Check out Sexy Chi dot com. Uh, yeah, Rion, please. I'd definitely love to have you again. This was great. Yes, I enjoyed it as well, Greg. Thank you. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open Loops. You must listen to the Open Loops, a theme park for absurd beliefs and systems of integration between the mind and the creative spirit. <laughs>
Open low. 